I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Welcome back to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Siget, your host at this podcast, and I'm so glad that you are joining me today for this episode. I am so excited to introduce you to someone who's already made an impact on my life, and I feel she was put in my path for a reason. It's Dr. Anna Marie Frank. She is a a naturopathic doctor, She currently lives in California, but much like me, she's a Michigan gal. She is a certified brain health practitioner. She's also an author. She has a book, Stop Bullying Yourself, Get Out of Your Own Way. She also has her own podcast called Happy Whole You. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook under Happy Whole You, and you can also find her on the web at happywholeyou.com. Please listen in to this episode, and also, there was so much information that I had to split it into two episodes, so you'll get double the dose of Dr. Anna Marie Frank. Dr. Anna Marie Frank, I am so happy to have you here today. You do not know how excited I've been for this interview. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, I I have to say, I'm, I think there was a reason. I, I don't think. I know there was a reason that we met on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> I, I had put it out there um, that I'm you know, working on my energy and also looking at um, other ways to manage my medical issues. And then all of a sudden... You were you were right there in front of me in LinkedIn. I was like, "This is really crazy." Oh yeah, that's how that's how the universe works. You know, originally you just had contacted me um, about podcasting. We're two podcasters, mm-hmm. um, so it was just getting to know each other as podcasters. But then I thought, "This is my opportunity." The, this was the, the door open. I'm like, I I've gotta gotta ask some questions. I know I don't know this person. But there's a reason that she found me and commented on uh, my, my profile for LinkedIn. Uh, so I took my opportunity and asked you some questions. And I, I got to also say, there was something to be said with, you're a Michigan gal. Yep. <laughs> I think that's how, I think that's one of the reasons why your profile came up is we're both Michigan gals and um, podcasters and so that's that's one of the beauties about social media and especially a platform like LinkedIn which you can actually really connect with other people that are doing real things and making a difference and you have your similarities and so um, it's beautiful how you know those algorithms work for us versus against us oh yeah because too many times they work against us (laughs) yeah but I I for me, I say you can take the girl out of Michigan, but you can't take the Michigan out of the girl. Are you still like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I live in California now, um, and I moved here 16 years ago back in 2005. So those of you in Michigan, the Michigan listeners, um, or from Michigan, but now you live all over the country. I mean, unfortunately, our generation, we ended up scattering around because of the economy and the 
um, automotive industry and all the things that were happening. And then, you know, a lot of the U.S., well, we all felt then the 2008 hit, right? Yes. And so it really transplanted so many of us um, at the time, younger people that were young professionals graduating from college and looking for a place to settle. And then what happens is you settle and you get a job where you're actually making money for once in your life and then you build these roots. And so now I am uh, rooted in California. However, my roots go all the way back to Michigan and for sure the Midwest girl is deep within me and you can never ever lose that. Yeah. How about the accent? Have you lost the accent? You know what? It's really interesting. Whenever I go back for a couple weeks because I, I will take a couple weeks each summer and travel this summer we're going to Tennessee and then we're going to jump up to Michigan from there and when I first get back people will point out the accent and then there's certain words that they say that I say that they can tell or other Michigan people <laughs> or people from the Midwest that are like hey you're not from California are you and then vice versa when I go back to Michigan they're like you have a little bit of an accent so it's kind of funny because you know you never think you're the one that has the accent. Right? <laughs> I, yes, I don't think I have an accent. Uh, my husband is from Pennsylvania, and he makes fun of me because of certain words that I say. Um, khakis or calendar, um, it just they don't come out the, the same as if he says it. So he always laughs, and anytime the Michigan accent comes out on the podcast, he makes fun of me for it. <laughs> So I was like, "Oh gosh, we're gonna we're gonna pull the Michigan accent of both of us." Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, having an accent is cute. I mean, I don't mind being cute. No, but I always like to say, um, in the I guess the news, uh, TV news industry, they usually try to train them more with that Midwestern accent because oh, really, yes, because that is, I guess. Um, maybe the more accepted or the more, more understood or just the more trusted. Hmm, that's interesting. Of course, it's coming from the news, so I'm not sure we should trust it at all. True, true, <laughs> true. Um, but, it, I mean, if you listen to the news, uh, you you don't have very strong accents in you know from different parts of our country. It's kind of more... You're so right, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, again, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but we'll, we'll go with it. Is it. What it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Totally. So you, as, I, as we were saying, you came into my life at a time where I was really looking to make some changes and also get back to something that I, I used to have. Um, I have shared with my um, podcast listeners that I have gone through some medical issues and I did take a break from my podcasting and also my coaching due to these medical issues. But prior to that, I would just say I was on cloud nine. Things were going so well in my life that I, I called it, I was vibing on high. I was doing a lot of self-development. Um, the podcast was going great. The business was going great. And I was just able to handle and tackle whatever came to me. 
Uh, so it wasn't, I don't want to say that it was all roses and sunshine, but I was in a place that I was confident and comfortable and just really vibing. My medical situation knocked me on my butt, and I'm really having some difficulty getting back to that. So for the podcast, I've been going back to how to increase those vibrations, how to get back to that energy work to really get back to that place that I loved and I crave. I want to have that feeling again, and I want to be able to handle what life throws at me in the best way that I can. Uh, so you coming, you know, coming in at that time, it was perfect. Some of the things that you have posted, uh, some of the things that you have talked about. I mean, even today on your Instagram story, you talked about how to, the five things, simple things to get that energy going today. And I grabbed my essential oils. I was like, thank you for the suggestion. I got my citrus uh, essential oils out to help myself. Um, and I just, I'm looking for that kind of influence and, and that inspiration. But before we get into that, I want to know a little bit more about you and your studies. Uh, because I want, I was really interested, um, Michigan is kind of more on the conservative side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you do doesn't right now fit into the conservative. I think it's time is coming, um, but it, it's not quite there yet, at least from my opinion. But you can tell us yeah. your opinion. Yeah. Um, first, I want to circle back around about okay. what you said real quick. In terms of, like, you were vibing high, right? You were doing all the things and everything was going great. And that happens so often to people. And what happens is, and I write about this in my book, that you know, you've got all these great things going on and you're working towards those things, right? You're working towards the podcast, you're working towards the job, you're working towards the relationships, all things, and you're vibing high. And then what we think is something that is quote unquote all of a sudden that comes around and takes our feet out from under us, we blame that last thing that came along to take us out. We blame that as the thing that took us out. But what we don't realize that we do that we're starting to do is when we're at that high vibration, what we tend to do is we stop doing all those teeny tiny little things that got us there. And then we start to lower that vibration. Okay. Right. And then the thing comes through. And so that happens and that happens to so many of us. So thank you for sharing that because, you know, it happens so also often. So anyways, okay. So let's move, I'll move forward. Um, you know, I'm going to take off, I have these crystal bracelets on and I wear them all the time yes. and then I talk with my hands. So all you're hearing is like, clink, 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 clink. So I'm going to take those off. Which I, I've noticed in your videos, your, your bracelets and I, uh, you know, and I'm just going to, to give you the, the evidence of what you just said. I used to wear my crystal bracelets and uh-huh. I'm not wearing them as much. I have my diffuser bracelet that I wear 24-7, but the crystals I haven't practiced as much. So that goes to your point. You're right. So I call that all the things, right? Like whenever I have clients come in and, you know, we are really all about educating people here at Happy Holy U, and it's educating people to where they get to the point where they're doing all the things and they don't feel like they're doing all the things. It just becomes their lifestyle and it's a natural thing. Um, and 
So yeah, so what I do right now, it's interesting because holistic health and naturopathy, you know, it's like, oh, that's alternative. Well, you guys, 150 years ago, this was an alternative. <laughs> this was it. This was the way of healing. These were the modalities that people used to help themselves through the common cold or through the flu and things like that. And, you know, Western medicine has done so much great things in terms of surgery, um, some pharmaceuticals, you know, life-saving and things like that. But I always think it's, you know, we need to really um, be mindful when we go from, from one extreme to the other, right? And so that's what I feel like has happened, um, you know, from the turn of, you know, between 1890 to 1920, 1930s, when we started funding all of these medical um, institutions and pharmaceutical synthetic drugs and things like that, where we started really getting away from these natural healing modalities. And then fast forward to, you know, a baby that's born in, you know, the 1980s, which is myself. Um, I was raised with you have a sniffle, you go to the doctor, right? And it's not, it's, it's the doctor in the white coat. It's right. the doctor that will give you an antibiotic that is going to kill all your good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria and impact your, you know, your gut health. And, um, you know, for any um, illness, there's a pill for it. And so that's essentially how I was raised. Um, and I struggled with depression um, starting in high school and it it's something that you would look at my life and say why are you depressed like mm -hmm. you don't have a reason to be depressed right like you have all these things going for you and right and on the outside it's like when you're going through depression and you do have all these things that you should be grateful for and that are amazing and other people would want then you feel even more guilty because it's like what's wrong with me and so I um struggled with that that depression and among all the successes that I was having and then in my early 20s um you know I'm after college um struggling through college um with my mental health uh, but you know working all the time putting on a good face I was a d1 athlete like all the things right and then I moved across the country because you know in my head oh just if you move to California, you can start all over and that's going to make you happy. Well, I got news for you. Things outside of you aren't going to make you happy. It's all within you. You got to change what's going on within you for things around you to change. Right. right. So, um, I get out to California and I, I mean, I just was like, why, like, what's the point of living? Like, what is the point of this? Like I got to the point where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to check out. I'm done. Um, and I went to a doctor uh, spent about 10 minutes with him. He put me on three mind altering medications. Oh, and of course I just started taking them because that's what you do. Right. And then, I mean, I can't even like, when I talk about this, it's like, I'm talking about a different person. I got even worse. Um, as this, ex you know, they did this experiment on me. Essentially I call it an experiment because the brain is the only organ in the body that doctors are writing prescriptions for without even looking at them or evaluating them. You would never get on a heart medication without having, you know, an EKG, right? right? Like you're not, you're not, you're gonna have tests done. Well, the brain, there's really no test except for a spec scan, which is great. And the Dr. Amen clinics do those and that's a whole nother podcast. But, um, but anyways, so I was put on these meds and I just got to a really low point and, um, wanted to take my own life and I really was I, remember, I wrote about this in my book I was sitting there in the doctor's office and I 
like everybody in there or psychiatrist's office i'll be clear everybody in there was like literally their faces were towards the ground Mm -hmm. their posture was so poor it was like we were all embarrassed to even be there yes and then and then to put more punishment on top of that they make you wait for like 40 50 60 minutes i would never have a client wait that long for me right like their time is very important and valuable as is mine and so i'm sitting there growing more and more irritated but of course because i'm on all these medications that's gonna make me crazy so here you have a crazy person sitting in the crazy doctor's office about to go crazy finally i go into the office and i was like you know what i'm gonna tell him like these medications are not working for me i need something different and yada 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 and i'm sitting there and i walk in and he asks me all these questions you know do you want to hurt yourself do you want to hurt somebody else and they go through this list that makes you feel even more crazy right and then um his phone rang and this is way back when they had flip phones so that kind (laughs) of tells you how long ago that was and he he answers it like he's asking me these questions like do you want to do you want to kill people do you want or hurt other people do you want to hurt yourself and then all of a sudden his phone rings he pulls it up does it just answers it and then when he's off the and i'm sitting there growing more irritated puts the phone back and goes right back into his questioning and i'm realizing this doctor hasn't even looked at my eyes yeah looked at me like looked at me recognize that i'm a human being and i stood up and I stood up for the first time really in my life and I said, I don't appreciate that you took that call during this session. And he just kind of was like, oh, sorry. Like, he's not sorry. And then I said, I need to leave. And then he just looked at me and he pulled out of my file. He had already paper clipped on there my my medication prescription. Oh my God. He had already written them before he even had a conversation with me. And so this was like, holy shit, shoot, holy cow, this is crazy. And I felt crazy. And so then I ended up walking out of that office that day. And I just remember stepping outside in this atrium with the sun shining on me. And I was like, you have to change you. There was some little light inside of me, something. And it was like, you have to do this. And for the next few years, I mean, it was, it was a struggle, but, um, I started working from the inside out and doing all these things to improve my mental health. And, essentially ended up healing my brain and I don't need medications. And, um, you know, I struggled even after having children with postpartum, because if you've ever had issues with depression, it's important to recognize that if you get pregnant and you have a child and your hormones are going to be altered, that you want to prepare yourself and arm yourself with a good foundation of health to work through that. And um, so, yeah, needless to say, with my first child, you know, I thought, oh, I'm happy, I'm good. I Nobody told me about postpartum depression, and then, boom, it was like going back to my early 20s, but even worse, and it was like, okay, you know how to do the work, and of course, what's funny is, I go to the doctor, and what do they want to do, right? They want to write me an antidepressant. Yeah. <laughs> when I just had a baby, I'm like, oh, gosh. So, anyways, um... So that's why I got into, you know, holistic health and naturopathy is because there are so many healing modalities out there that are not going to have um, the side effects that are detrimental um, that I experienced. And I just, I would never, ever want anyone to go through what I went through. So it's like my life's work to just help other people improve their brain function. Um, That's just what I do now. Which there's so much in what you just said that speaks personally to me. 
Um, yeah, I'm a person who has dealt with depression and from a young age, not understanding what to do, um, the fear, the shame. Um, but even I, I knew, though, that I wanted to be someone who talked about it because I wanted someone to say, hey, I know what you're going through. <laughs> Instead of looking at you weird, like, why are you depressed? You, you know, your parents are still together. You have a good life. You know, why are you depressed? Um, I, I wanted someone to help me understand it. So if I tell someone, maybe they're the ones who's going to make me understand it. Um, but getting to a point where you're re- realizing you're miserable and none of the pills are helping you in a in a large grand sense you know you're you're not working on yourself like you need to make a decision do you want to be miserable every day and just get by or do you want something better for yourself and making that decision like no I want better and I'm going to start doing the work on myself to do that I've been there you know and and I've talked about it with um, some people like Sometimes it's it's more a matter of mindset than body chemistry. You know, we, we can work on it on it. To, you know, in tandem. Yeah, it's it's definitely both. I mean, you know, everybody's situation is is different, and you know, you can have the brain chemistry off. You can have um, you know a, a brain tumor or something you don't even know you have, and it's impacting your behavior and every you know all of that. You can have an issue with blood sugar being pre-diabetic and you're irrational and acting out and we forget that our amygdala has a direct response in terms of blood sugar in the body right and so um you know there's there's all these layers and that come into play and i think one of the biggest reasons why we have the mental health crisis that we have um is because we've never addressed root causes. Yes. And we've never addressed foundations of health, right? So, so you know, here's the thing is like, if you look at PTSD, right? PTSD for, and how it registers in the brain, your PTSD, it could be because you have a sibling who picked on you over and over and over again. And that registered in the brain as, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. But you would say, oh, you have PTSD because you got picked on as a kid. Come on. Right. And then you have our amazing veterans who fight in a war. Right. And we recognize that big time PTSD. I mean, they're trained to go to war. Right. Right. And so it's like we try to reason and we try to say, like, put people in boxes like, oh, well, you shouldn't be depressed because your life looks like this or that you can't say you have PTSD because you've never been to war or you've never had this traumatic thing happen to you or blah, blah, blah. And what we don't realize is based on your foundations of health um, and how good or poor they are, different events that happen will impact and imprint in your brain differently than somebody else's, right? So it's really interesting with the training I've done at the Dr. Amen clinics. Um, I look at people in a, such a different way now right because i it's from like a brain perspective where i have so much more compassion and so much more openness and you know uh, i mean it's like when i used to hear about like mothers with um that would like kill their children right because 
they had, um, you know, right after having their children. I mean, it's, it's so emotional for me because I used to judge that before I had a kid. Like, how could you ever do that? How could you, you know, all these things. And it's like, you know what, when your brain isn't right, right, it feels real to you. And not to make excuses for people that do bad things, but I think that there's something to be said about, you know, mental health and how we approach it and how can we help people and, um, you know, the rise in mental health that's going on right now. Um, if we just took basic food, right, just basic nutrition and started changing that for our children, that would totally impact the amount of kids diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, depression, anxiety. I mean, I just was reading a report about kids with um, ADHD being diagnosed at two years old. Yeah. Like my daughter, they wanted to hold her back in kindergarten and we're like, oh, she has ADD, blah, blah. I'm like, don't you give that label to my kid. She learns differently. She's going into fourth grade now. She is totally fine and she can read, she can write, she can do math. And in, in kindergarten, they wanted to label her and put her in this box. So it's just, it's really fascinating to me. So I think it's just important that we continue to have these conversations. Which I, um, I'm a middle school counselor. So ADHD is something that I see on a regular basis. Um, both uh, diagnoses that I understand and diagnoses that I don't understand. Um, but that's something that I, I talk about a lot. And I do try to get people to understand the the brain growth and development, that our brain is still growing and developing. Uh, the frontal lobe is growing and developing, and the frontal lobe being the one who handles our executive functioning. It grows through into our 20s, our mid-20s. Oh, yeah. And other parts of our brain, I just recently ran across this, that other parts of our brain are still developing into our 40s. So if you, you think about that, the, the main kind of leader of our body and the regulator of our body is still growing and being and doing for many years. Mm-hmm. And the, we're medicating kids with yeah. developing brains. Like, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) And this past year with the pandemic and what we've expected people to do on their own, some of it is is not realistic. You know, to put an adolescent, a young person in front of a computer, ask them to manage their time, manage their activities, um, make, you know, split-second decisions as far as do I raise my hand to go to the bathroom or not, and create a learning environment for themselves is unrealistic. I, I explained to students and, and parents, there's a reason why schools operate on a bell system. We do not have the ability at that age to come out of the activity that we're doing and go, oh, I've got five minutes to get to my next class. The bell tells us that. Because we need those cues to move on to the next task. We were having a big issue with that in the beginning of our school year and explaining, okay, you're going to set an alarm on your computer. You're going to set an alarm on your watch or or wherever it is so that if you are in doing independent work, you're not going to get caught up in it and then not get on for your next class. 
Yeah, even adults need that. Yes. Right? Like, we all we all need some type of structure. I mean, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. I think it's when we say this structure is for all and everybody. Right. That's where the problem comes into play because everybody is so different. Everyone's brains are different and all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I was I was the middle schooler who had a planner. Yes, I was – at that time, planners – you had the Franklin planner, basically. You had to use the very strict business. They didn't have school planners or the, the fun planner stickers. I had an adult planner that I used and carried around because that's that worked for me. I, was, I had that ability to plan and, and time manage but I was alone in that uh, most, you know, for my early years. Um, so, yes, I had that ability, but I was not the norm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, the brain is, is really an interesting topic for me. Um, and I have not even scratched the surface of brain development and, and everything it does. But that's just one of my own personal curiosities about it. Because I think yeah. there is, you know, so much out there that we don't know. As oh, for sure. And, and even, you know, people who study the brain, they've got yeah. tons of information. Um, but for the average person, we don't, we don't know those things. Yeah. I mean, it, the last thing that people really think about when it comes to their health is their brain health, right? People are more worried about what they're going to look like in a swimsuit versus, you know, if that low-fat – special K, right? That's going to make you look better in a swimsuit than eating, you know, a piece of salmon or having something with good omega fatty acids because, oh, it's high in fat, it's high in calories, you know? So it is, it's interesting. And the whole um, non-fat, low-fat craze that happened in like the 90s and 2000s, that did a huge disservice for our entire population in terms of brain function and um, the development, like all these kids, I mean, if schools are going to give out anything, you know, they should be giving out um, omega-3 fatty acids and multivitamins (laughs) every day because that's the thing is like so many kids are lacking essential fatty acids and our brain is 60% fat. Right. And so the myelin sheath, I mean, for our neurons to fire and wire together, they have to be, essentially lubricated, right, with that fat. Yeah. And it's just, it's not happening. And there is so much research out there that shows what, you know, EPA, omega-3 fatty acids and fish oils, what they do for the brain. And so that's one of the things, like, when I have clients come in um, with their children, um, that's one of the things that we look and I test. Are they low in them? And it's like, okay, here we go. Like, we're going to fatten up your brain. And they see improvement within weeks. It's the beautiful thing. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I I looked at that in my 20s. I am almost a lifelong vegetarian. So when I got to be old enough to understand that I needed to look at my nutrition, I started taking things. Not that I knew exactly why, but I knew I should be doing it. Um, but then having children, I, you start to learn things because so much out of you too. Yes. But then with, you know, transitioning an infant to, um, from, you know, breast milk to milk, what you want, you, what you want to choose for them because it has the fats. And it's like, oh, that's what whole milk is for. 
And you start to realize, okay, so they need these nutrients and we need to make sure that they have them. But why don't I do the same for me? And why, you know, why is it then, you know, we give them the the Kool-Aid and, you know, the the chips and it's like, whoa, we, we get off track. Like we need to keep that mentality of how we feed our our infant toddlers and introducing the foods. We need to keep doing that instead of going for the easy convenient. And I, I'm not going to judge because I'm the mom that easy and convenient does work for. Um but, you know, keeping that in mind that all of us need to be feeding our body and our mind the best that we can. For sure. Stay tuned to the next episode for the second half of this interview. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.